Ladies and gentlemen, YouTube have put me in the sin bin once more for giving a platform to people injured by the COVID-19 vaccines. I'm banned from uploading for a fortnight and it's my last strike, which means if I get another one, the whole channel gets wiped. There's a few videos on there that are still doing well, so I'd rather not jeopardise them, but it leaves me in a pickle as Odyssey links don't tend to make it outside the echo chamber. The other thing is that I've previously been banned from the payment processor Stripe, which is used by Locals.com to process its payments. They have no other options, which sucks. And I'm sorry to anybody that signed up to my Locals profile. You'll still get access to a very vile Christmas and the archive of vile.news, so I hope that's something. And I'm awaiting verification on a new Subscribestar page, which will be launching as a replacement for anybody who would like to support me in this endeavour very soon. So stay tuned. This episode and all the previous ones so far this year and any subsequent episodes are now available on Spotify, a platform which is much less threatening to the uninitiated. And that is the whole point of these interviews. Please do send them around to people that don't know what's going on. The dam is bursting and you can help. Later this week, I have more stories from the injured and bereaved ahead of Saturday's mega rally, which you must attend. But today I'm talking to fellow UFP journalist One Man Reports. Always censored, never silent, this is Unwashed. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited today to be here with my good buddy Caesar, also known as One Man Reports. How are you doing, man? Very good, Nick. Thank you very much. Very good. Yeah, yeah no, no. So it's a pleasure to have you here. We're both co-founding members of the United Free Press, and that's how I suppose how we've gotten to know each other. Though I, we we basically would have anyway, but it's kind of solidified it and it's a really it's a really good group of people that are all focused on the same goal um uh, but i wanted to talk to you today because we're starting now to see um stuff coming out in the mainstream media that we've been saying for basically two years um so asim malhotra was on the bbc today and andrew bridgen is um you know stuff's going on with that um and I, I don't know why it's coming out now and why it took so long. So I, I want to get a reminder from you about what it was like when you started filming. So so take us through like your decision to, you know, grab a camera and go out and do this and what you saw. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm an amateur uh, photographer and I've started actually taking uh, still shots of what was going on in uh, in the city that I live in, in, in the south of England. And I was going around with my camera just documenting uh, what was what was like to see people s suddenly start to behave in a different way. 
And from then on, I started uh, watching some live streams. And uh, one of the persons that uh, um, inspired me to do that was uh, Sam from uh, um, Subject Access. And Sam was uh, was uh, fundamental in, in terms of uh, bringing me on to, to the scene of, uh, of the protests and uh, reporting on it. So I started going to London, and the first protest that I've actually attended was uh, the, the big one in Trafalgar Square in uh, September 2020. And that obviously got, you know, what what happened. Uh, people already know is that the, midway through the uh, the the speeches, um, the police came in, the Met police came in, and they started. Uh, they they just flanked the uh, the protest and they started uh, beating people up, and uh, all hell broke loose. From then on, then we moved on to uh, the Hyde Park, and there were some people invited from, uh, there was a German doctor there that was invited, Heiko Schoening, and he was one of the speakers, and he eventually got arrested in uh, Hyde Park uh, that day. And that was actually the first day that I uh, saw Fiona as well, because Fiona then later on, she uh, uh, stayed throughout the night uh outside the um the police station where the doctor was arrested and that's pretty much it and from then on i started uh shooting uh footage uh i've decided to start my channel because i wasn't seeing that footage anywhere else apart from people like uh sam and uh, other live streamers and what we were seeing at that point was if they were spoken about those protests, what what we were seeing is that they were spoken in a way that, first of all, the numbers were completely uh, false in terms of the amount of people that were attending those protests. Uh, you, you could see the, the the numbers were vastly greater than what was reported on the, on the TV. And the way they were reported were completely... Um, it was like being uh, on North Korea or something like that. You know, the, the, everybody can see the lie. Everybody can can experience a different reality than what the TV is showing you. And from then on, I started the channel. And my first video was actually with uh, Jenna Platt, the, uh, the nurse that asks questions. And that was uh, once again in Hyde Park. Once again, the police uh, charged on, uh, on people that were just uh, having a, a good time. There was no... There was no violence or any anything that I saw that could have caused that uh, attack. But there you go. That that that's uh, that was my first video, and then from then on, I started uh, putting the videos on, online. Yeah, well, I, I think it's good to dwell on that time period because I I really worry about people getting amnesia about all sorts of things. I think I I feel like people. Definitely the general public just wants to put it away in a box and not think about what happened. But even for us as well, it's it's really worth remembering uh, just how dark it was, how much we were mistreated. Like I remember um, I had a friend who blacked out her, she had like a basement flat, right? And she blacked out all her windows and like soundproofed the whole thing. And she was going to have a party in, I think, December of 2020. And... I wussed out. I when it came to the day, I was like, "I'm too scared. I don't want to go into London." I was so full of anxiety, and it is absolutely ridiculous that I ever felt like that. Particularly now that I'm kind of used to just breaking the rules, but it did work. And I think a large part of that was if you were one of those people that went down to the protests in 2020 specifically 
you didn't really want to come back. It was a hell of a deterrent what the police were doing there. And um, and it's really important that we don't forget that, how bad it was. It's incredible because you, if you were to look back in, in, in memory, if you were to look back into those times, there, there was a palpable feeling of that you, you could you could feel the energy that was completely different from what we had experienced uh, until then. There was a, a weird, a weird energy on the, taking the train all the way to London. There was there was a completely weird feeling. You you can almost touch it. You know the the the, the tension, the, the 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 very very bad energy. But hey, well done for everybody that uh, went and well done for everybody that attended because th those people, you know, you continue to see the same faces all over again. The, uh, day in, day out, the, the, they were there, raining, whatever whatever weather uh, you could experience, they, they were there throughout mm. the, the whole thing. Yeah, and that's one thing I really want to dwell on. I think that um, people that are like hardened protesters, they'll know exactly who you are. And the people that have just been watching it won't. And I, th I think there's a clear dividing line there. And this isn't to like shame people, but it's as we're presented with these new hero figures, I, I'm so keen to shine a spotlight on the people that were there all of the time, like Piers and the gang were relentless. They hit sort of like three or four different spots every single day. I couldn't believe how much they were doing. So like... Yeah, could you, uh, there's going to be too many to mention, but like, who did you see a lot of? Well, you just mentioned that Piers completely puts a lot of people to shame because his energy is uh, uh, very, very high uh, all the time. And he was everywhere. So Piers and uh, his crew were everywhere. Um, Fiona, uh, once again, uh, she, she was uh, she was present. We, we could see Ramis always hats up to him uh, all the time there and uh, with, with never ending once again n never stopping with his outreach uh, sessions you could see even that all the time mm -hmm. um danny rampling was uh, another presence uh, there very very positive uh, very upbeat uh, energy from danny as well mm -hmm. but it, it's it's always a, a little bit of an injustice that we're uh, doing at this moment because it's it's all dependent on remembering the names and 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 giving those names at, at a time that we're talking about it. but there, there there's been a lot of people that deserve to be mentioned and they were there and like you said uh you know if you were there and you know what were your contribution to the whole thing but well well done to everybody well done and it was amazing how the tone shifted. Like when you were describing how you could feel it in the air, you transported me right back to those train journeys. I think I can remember feeling it the most on the train. There's just like this tension as if I'm a criminal and I'm not even sure why. Like I've, I've been told I'm not allowed to make this journey, but I'm sure it's not against the law. There's other people on this train. Uh, it was just absolutely horrible because you didn't know what was going to happen but then by spring 2021 we all kind of recognize each other's faces and it, and by the summer definitely like i didn't have anything else to look forward to so i i was going down to london to see my gang and to basically get to know everyone better and find out oh i've seen that guy loads let's let's chat what's your name fella um 
and it was it was a really great group during that time. Talk about how it how it changed as well when it got light again. When it got light again, yeah. um, well, the, that that cohesiveness that that kind of went away a little bit after you know the the masks were gone and after the 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 whole thing was kind of giving people freedom back again as they like to say it but it kind of changed a bit because the numbers really you you could see the numbers going down uh, at one point and it, it became a little bit and I, I i guess a lot of people were actually questioning what are we actually achieving with this uh, the, what, what what are really these protests uh changing what, what are they creating because you would see always the same Face and you know you still have to account for all the other uh, part of the population that is not attending those uh, protests and and I guess it it kind of went down a little bit because there was a feeling that the purpose was not there anymore because the the the, the direct restrictions were not uh, visible in the sense of the masks and well there was definitely a point where so. I, I remember the numbers dwindling after Trafalgar Square 2021. That was like a bit a big one. And then the numbers went down. But I do also remember at the same time, that's when it started localizing. And you had huge numbers doing the yellow boards and the, sure. and the roundabouts and stuff, which, um, which, as you say, people were looking at a big march in London and going, is this the most useful thing we can do? No, it's not. And they went and did something else. So it all... You know, it all evolves, and um, and also that, that gave other. I want there to be a bit of a rivalry between the cities. Do you know what I mean? Because London gets a lot of attention, but when I went up to Stockport to film them doing their roundabout thing, I was like, "Oh, you guys have got a really good community here." Um, and it's yeah, it's when you start getting a proper local hub of people that I think you're really onto something. Say, saying that, a lot of the people that I've met in uh, London, they were actually not from London. And there, there was a lot of people coming in from north, from Birmingham and up north. And they were not from London. There was a lot of, uh, there was a big group also coming from the south of England and other parts. So people were actually converging into London because, as you know, it has the biggest impact and and, and draws in the, the, the biggest amount of numbers. But I, I think that, that that question about what are we really doing here at the, you know, protesting and sometimes even shouting at empty buildings and that 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 kind of changed a little bit the the, the scenery, but no no doubt that it, it created something and at least it changed uh, some people's minds. I I kind of hope so. Well, I mean, for me, it, like, first of all, it was the best networking tool to get to know everyone because um, you know. Battle stations, the new world orders here. Who gets it? That's just that was the top priority. Is like right, who who actually knows more than me? Because uh, that was the most amazing thing about that first Trafalgar Square protest was until that point, um, I didn't realize there was a whole, almost like an ecosystem with a hierarchy, and there were these whistleblower doctors that had really quite big followings, and you know there there are these things. I wasn't aware of that until um until that where there's a bunch of people on stage and they're clearly respected so right why are they respected oh wow this is this is a this is a real thing because i didn't know until then i knew it was like that this was all off 
Um, and I caught wind of that protest, but but it's amazing. I think until you're until you've kind of discovered the movement, you don't realize that it's there and just how big it is. Correct. And well, one thing that you've uh, reminded me of is that the fact that those doctors and the people that have qualifications for to speak in certain subjects were actually uh, being welcomed by people that were very, um, very suspicious of, of the whole establishment and the whole uh, system in place. And yet they were able to communicate in, in, in a way that didn't put barriers between them. And what you could see is that the the people from the establishment that were also part of those medical professions were putting some barriers around them, were 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 not at the same level of understanding with the people that were fighting on the streets and, and doing the rebels on roundabouts. So over there, there was a community that was working and, and very respectful and with a respect that you wouldn't see otherwise. You know, you, you didn't see that respect with people that were not going to those protests. Yeah, well, do you find this, that among um, us lot, we really have a consensus we well yeah i'm told i'm not just talking about say like ufp members but i'm pretty much talking about the people that made up those protests that we went to and were really active there's basically a consensus around everything that matters um and I, I i don't see a lot of disagreement and i think this is probably why we're so hot on you know, new voices that are giving grounds to the narrative because if you because I'm so used to being in conversation with people that understand that the PCR test is a load of bollocks and stuff like that. These really these these things which are quite basic bits of the narrative that um that you didn't even have to explain to anyone. I remember this at the protests that people were like checking off a, te- a checklist with each other. Have you heard of this? Yeah, of course I know who Klaus Schwab is. And like everyone learned the same stuff at the same time. So that's what makes me kind of, yeah, very suspicious if someone doesn't seem to be on that page because it's all quite obvious to us. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree a little bit in terms of learning at the same time. There, there are obvious differences in terms of the uh, the the speed of uh, of awareness. However, to to see people that you would uh, be, because they were coming from you, you could not put them together as a, a single group of people, as a stereotypical uh, group of people. Because I saw people from all kinds of uh, uh, walks of life, you know, all ages, all. all uh, Possible, uh, possible, also uh, all kinds of um, economical means and, and all kinds of uh, jobs. I saw a, a big variety of people over there. However, everyone's learning at their own uh, pace. Surrounding yourself with people that are aware of certain things, you're going to speed up that process, uh, as obvious. But what I found is that those people were more inclined to be open to speed up that process and to be open to to understand and learn about things and when one every time or pretty much every time that i saw any engagement with the spectators let's call it like that the people that were on the protests i saw a a, a big difference in terms of the uh, um, availability to be open 
to 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 learn new things uh, from the people that were observing the protesters. I, I saw a big divide, and and this is one of the things that I've taken more from from this whole scene is the fact that it was so obvious, and it, it is so so obvious still the the big divide between those that were engaging in these acts of uh, going to protest and those that are going about their lives witnessing this from from the perspective of i'm just waiting for my bus and there they are the, the thousands of people walking past and they're shouting and they're saying whatever they're they're saying so i, I saw a big divide in the, and they, they they've managed to create that they, they've they've divided the society which is, is a big shame and they've divided society they divided families they've divided us uh, from each other did you spend a fair bit of time dwelling on the reactions of the people watching the protests then? That's not really something I did. No, not really. Not really. It was more of a, a matter of observation, a matter of um, it, you kind of you're you're kind of faced with the same reactions all over again with a with, with the same kind of closeness to um to what's going on I, I, to put it I, I don't want to be mean to anybody because you, you know I'm, I'm not saying with this that uh, we hold uh, knowledge that they don't hold or anything like that it's just the fact that I could see from the point of view of observe, observing two human beings I could see that one side was uh, open to something that the other one was uh, shutting themselves uh, from yeah, I think if you were to put it as like an eagerness to learn, because I think all of us, as soon as we realized, okay, this is a massive problem, we all instantly become eager to learn. As as you were describing, like you put yourself in environments and chat groups where people know more than you and you're following people on Twitter and you're learning the whole time. And it, I mean, that's the great problem with this. Everyone always talks about how we're going to wake people up, but like, how could there be any more evidence? There are so many things that you could investigate and look into. Um, it is a choice, unfortunately, yeah. isn't it? People yeah, are choosing. Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's like trying to convince somebody to uh, stop smoking, you know, the, uh, unless they're prepared to do that. And, and unless it comes from their own will, you're, you're wasting your time, basically. You're, you're really wasting your time. And yeah. I saw a lot of people wasting their time there. Talking, talking to 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 people, uh, talking to the police. Uh, to the, that that really that really made me feel that you know what uh, that's your choice. You do that if you want, but you you kind of wasting your time if you think that you're going to change uh, something by doing that. Yeah, that's that's a weird one actually because I had a few chats with coppers during the protests. Never, I I wouldn't bother gobbing off at one i don't see any point um because they've been given orders and they can't disobey those orders so of course so what are you doing but i did have a couple of chats where you know we're in a weird environment here like i'm on parliament square and there's all these fireworks going off and we've just been under house arrest for two years so i'd say to a copper like how do you feel about doing this job in these interesting times and just start a conversation and you know they're, they're not allowed to say very much but one of them he did say to me well between you and me I've pulled my kids out of school and that's all I'm going to say on that matter and 
And it's interesting because, yeah, I've I've come to the conclusion on that one. Anyone who takes this all cops are bastards line is an idiot. But the whole system of the police force, it, it was built to crush us. Very specifically, the last couple of years, it was built to punish us. And what what are we? We're just the British public. Like it's ultimately ultimately it's a system of control. So obviously you, you're gonna find that uh, that really quick if you go against that system of control. So uh, I'm with you. I don't see a point or or, or any helpful uh, result from the fact that you go and antagonize the police or shout at them and i i really don't see a point in that that's not going to help uh any uh anyone certainly mm-hmm. that certainly not the protesters what do you think has been useful then what do you think has been the most useful in terms of what uh, well like activism or protesting or or pretty much any action that um that you've seen people take collectively basically the rebels on roundabouts, I think that they've uh, achieved something uh, very incredible, something really visually striking with the, with the yellow boards. That, that, that you could see them at a distance, at a, a mile away, you can see them, and the results of the all the the, the reaction of the people driving past, and, and that's been growing, and that's my understanding. That 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 was a growing process of awareness. So I like that. Some of the outreach uh, uh, sessions that were done, the pro- marches that were done as well, you could see in some parts of London the the uh, the availability of the public to be uh, informed was was specifically in areas of of London where uh, the black community is more prevalent prevalent um, that you could see a, a big acceptance from the public in, in terms of those uh, actions. So mm. those two were or something that uh, I would put up there. Yeah, I wonder why that is, but I do remember there being a time when um, when every bus driver was on our side as we went past. We yeah. were getting yeah. all those, those big toots. And I, I also remember um, peers coming out of uh, Westminster Tube with a huge, like, stand six feet apart poster thing that he just nicked and dragged out of there. And I was like, what are you doing with that? And he's like, well, as far as I'm concerned, this is illegal and it shouldn't be there. And it's like, so none of the staff stopped you? And he went, no, because most of them know it's bollocks. And so, so, I mean, there's something to be said for that, that the people that had to witness the protests and had to work through them, especially those police as well, you know, they knew there was no risk of a deadly virus because we're yeah. having we're like th- this is a part of the narrative that I, f- I feel like we need to remind people that like we held massive super spreader events and that was part of the bloody point was to prove that none of us would get ill and that this thing was not something that we needed to worry about like we we had as many people doing exactly what you're told not to do and nothing happened. I just thought that was cracking evidence that we didn't need to worry. If we were to, if we are to believe some of the things that uh, some uh, uh, police officers uh, have told us, uh, they were told to put the masks on, and and you could see because I've attended other protests and even the BLM protests, there were no masks on, and other uh, other protests there were there were no masks on. So, some of the times there were no masks on. 
but for the freedom uh, protests, the masks were were there. So I wonder how much of that was mandated from the from high above to um to put the masks on. There's something about it though, because like I wonder if it's meant to demean everyone in the scenario. Because you put your like imagine Star Wars, they're putting a stormtrooper helmet on and they're carrying a big gun, right? And it's threatening. And in this case, they're being asked to do the same thing. But those blue face bibbies were so ridiculous. I can remember having a conversation with a copper. Um, this is when I was in trouble. Um, and he was basically saying, look, we all have our different views on what's going on now. Uh, and he was saying this to me in a blue face mask. And I just like I read between the lines. And I'm like. You're telling me that you don't believe this while wearing a blue mask that doesn't do anything. You know it does nothing. And you're asking me to respect you because you're the one in the position of authority. Like, this is nuts. This is completely demeaning. It's not the same as having some really authoritative, threatening figure. It's like having it's it's literally having someone in a nappy telling you that you're misbehaving. It's like this is weird. I'm I'm not sure if they're aware of the the, the uh, how ridiculous the situation becomes when when you have someone shouting at you with the uh, with with their faces covered like you said it looks like a nappy and how ridiculous and how it brings down the whole authority figure that they uh, they are so I don't know how you can take them serious when when someone's doing that with a mask. Yeah. I've got another question about the police, which I've basically just had a flashback uh, during the time when there were a lot of blue masked police and it was more hair, more hairy. Do you remember there being a lot of short women on the police force? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like a suspicious amount of short women to the point that there's more short women on the police force than there are in the protest. And it's not like the protesting women are like, weirdly tall or something it's just that <laughs> there were these lines of absolutely tiny female riot police uh do you have any thoughts on that i i wouldn't call it suspicious i don't, I don't know if it's suspicious or not but i would i would expect certainly that the uh the first line of uh, uh, of the met to be composed of you know bigger and and uh more imposing uh officers but i don't know they they make their choices i don't know what was the decision to uh all about but it is a, an observable fact that th there were uh very uh short uh members of the female uh police uh force very well, very short yeah, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this theory. I mean, a huge part of it is just going to be diversity hiring through Cressida Dick and Sadiq Khan doing what they do. Um, and it's the end result of that. But I also don't know whether it was, um, you know, there were all sorts of theories about those protests, about them targeting elderly people and women to right. yeah. get. Do you remember this? Did you see this? Not specifically elderly women, but uh, women. Yes, I saw some. But then again, we we could see also a big amount of the protesters were female. Mm. The, 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 this is something that it was easy to see everywhere. Is that the the, the women were very present in uh, in these uh, protests? 
and at the forefront as well. No, no, not not just as witnesses of what was going on, but you could see women at the forefront. Yeah, I, I say uh, where were a lot of the men, you know, because the, the women seem to have a lot of uh, energy for what was going on and to to uh, to engage in those things. Yeah, yeah I, I'm very interested in this as a topic about why it was the case, because I was involved in, let's say, dissident political stuff prior to 2020. And there were very few women. There weren't none, but they were heavily outnumbered. But you also had this weird culture of everyone doing it anonymously and behind an avatar and, you know, frankly, not being very courageous. No one would use their real name and stuff like this. And they're all hiding under pseudonyms. And then suddenly this happened and it was a load of women that didn't give that a second thought. This is not a thing in the freedom movement. No one no one thinks of making themselves anonymous. It's ridiculous. Um, and I was looking at this old lot going, what's your excuse, lads? <laughs> like... What's this about? And and I have wondered why it was that it was female-led. I mean, I'm I'm sure that vaccine skepticism, that seems to have been a female thing for a very long time. And I guess that's because mothers um who right. generally have injured children. So I kind of get that one, but it was a massive discrepancy. You're right to highlight it. And and also not just because of their their mothers, but also because uh, th there is a, a a future in in having kids. There there is a possibility of that those uh, girls will will have children of them uh, in the future. So uh, adopting something novel that is just an experimental uh, therapy into a body that can have an effect on later uh, procreating it's it's something that the women are uh, very much attuned to i believe mm. or at least a big part of it well when you say attuned i think that's the other part of it is that um i've pointed this out to people that when the jabs were put on the table and we knew they were coming down the road like you didn't need to know the science of why it was a bad idea. We didn't know about spike proteins or or that it was a new technology at the time. I think everyone was running off intuition. They were going, no, no, other things are telling me to watch out for this. And you didn't actually need to come to it from a logical place. And that's the feminine side of the brain. Because again, with this lot from prior to COVID, there were some of them that got it completely arse about face and and went and got jabbed and stuff. Um, and it's because they could they were so sort of autistically masculine that they could only oh, they could only think in data. And I guess that was the data that was being supplied to them or something. I still can't figure out how someone could get duped by this if they were like aware of other stuff. It's really weird, but I know that it comes from intuition. I'm sure that this was all about intuition and just trusting your gut feeling rather than knowing the facts. Because we get this at the moment, actually, with all this new stuff coming out. Um, it, it, there's new data and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was people like us. It was pretty obvious, wasn't it? The government saying I'm not allowed to do anything until I take that. I don't think they're my friend. I think they're the people that did this to me. 
That's correct. And all you have to do is uh, look into the past of what the governments of the world have been involved in mm. and what they're known, their associations. Uh, that alone is, uh, you know, all, all this uh, mingling with characters like uh, Schwab and the World Economic Forum and others of uh, the same like that association if you look and read into what they actually are and what they believe in you you could tell that they're not they they are not working for us and, and that is something that i've heard so many times that you work for us and you you work for us no they don't they they don't work for us they're they're clearly not working for us they're working for their masters and in turn they're working for their own uh you know, pensions and future speaking gigs and all that, because they don't give a damn about you. And if you were aware of what these people are all about, then listening to them telling you that uh, we we have this uh, big problem in the world and we're going to take care of it. And the only way to take care of it is to lock you up and jab you up and th th there's no other way and now we're going to start using these pieces of paper for you to travel and all that you're you're not going to follow that it's just you'd be crazy to to believe these people you'd be absolutely nuts to believe these people yeah well it was when people started drawing comparisons between um basically an abusive relationship they were taking Correct. off the checklist of signs you're in an abusive relationship and just saying this is your government and i don't think that that was a metaphor or hyperbole or exaggeration in any way i think that is literally what we were living through and are you in the same place as me where i've i've um concluded that like government itself is the problem not not this government but i think this is an inevitability of having this kind of setup system the yeah. system itself. Yeah, the system itself. It so much so that it doesn't really matter who's there. You know, if if you were to put a starmer there, then and or anyone else, you you would see the same measures in, in different levels, but the same measures, the same. They're working for the same people. So the system itself is made that way, and we just continue to go along and vote, and we think that you know every so and so years we change the the names of the ones that are there, but. The system is the same. The system is in place and we're, we're just perpetuating it. Mm. So. Well, I think more people are aware that it's a puppet show than ever before. I think that's obvious because I voted in 2019. Like, what's that about? I don't know why I did that. I, got, I voted for the Tories because I was in a, a Labour safe seat and the whole idea was to just like... Any any seat that can be shaken, that's a good thing. Anything that changes hands. But still, I voted for the Tories. Like, what the hell? I'm so ashamed. Well, you've 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 made your choice at that time. What I can say is that I I wouldn't vote for either. It's like the psychopaths are taking care of the uh, of the place, and you're just voting to to see who's going to abuse you further. That, that that's what it is. Mm, yeah, that's quite obvious from um, from like watching Andrew Bridgen. I think whatever you think of of people, well, I am skeptical of people who are in p positions of authority, such as an MP or a doctor on TV. That like you were in a position of responsibility, you should have done your work. 
people like Correct. it wasn't up to people like us. So, Correct. so there's problems here, but you can at least watch the way that the establishment then attacks Andrew Bridge and, and learn a lot from that about it's just a mafia. That's all it is. And I think what's incredibly revealing is you'll get a Labour MP standing up and saying, oh, I condemn this that he said because he's a racist. And then Rishi Sunak stands up and goes, well, quite right. I also condemn the guy that's in my party that has probably been like, you know, there's no division between Conservative and Labour, is there? It's a one-party system. It's It's a one-party system. Well, yeah, as soon as someone from the Tory party stands up and says, actually, not sure about it. Ah, no, out with you, you anti-Semite, which is hilarious. And it, and it, and it was so expected that, uh, that they're not even surprising anyone anymore, right? So all that that was a show in Parliament with Hancock. You know, that, that person is responsible for some of the biggest problems that we have right now in the country. Rishi is taking over right now. He's just again, he's a little puppet of the of the whole system. And to come on Parliament and say that that MP has uh, brought up some anti-Semitic comments, they're basically trying to associate that with the with the freedom movement. They're calling it, you know, they're they're putting these buzzwords together of anti-Semite and and um, anti-vax. So they're basically making the people that are still believing the whole charade at home associate those two together so next time that you have something reporting about the freedom movement or any uh, um, kind of opposition to the uh, uh, injection program that we have on people are going to associate that with uh, the holocaust they're going to associate with the nayers they're going to associate that with the far right with the racists the nazis that's basically what they're doing they're they're setting they're setting the uh, the table for you to to lay down so it's the nazis who don't want people to be force injected Correct, correct. It's the Nazis that don't want people to be experimented on with deadly consequences for a, a big portion of those people that are that are deciding to to without informed consent. We must say because a lot of the people. I've heard this, uh, people saying that okay, it's a choice. You know, you have it's a choice. You've made the choice to do that, but you can only make that choice if you have informed consent. The, people have not given and been given informed consent so the the, the choice is kind of a, a fraud yeah and you know what i think because we were struggling to wrestle with the fact that so few people could see through the lies people in these telegram groups and comments there's a lot of like well uh if you did it to go on holiday then hey you deserve it and since um Fiona's uh, campaign has started uh I mean I have absolutely had my head spun on people's reasons for getting it and the idea that anyone deserves to go through any of this stuff um particularly this one woman um who gave a speech in Edinburgh she's 37 she's a mum of two and she got jabbed to go on holiday But the context for that is she had promised her two little boys that they'd go to Disneyland in like 2019 and then the world shut down for two years. 
And she really didn't feel like she had a choice. Like she really wanted to give that to them. So, so that was just really interesting because the, um, you got jabbed to go on holiday was like the classic example of someone doing it for, um, you know, self-serving reasons. And then I heard a story of someone who was doing it for completely selfless reasons, like exactly that. She just wanted her boys to have a lovely holiday. It was nothing about her. Um, So, I mean, I got so much sympathy for these people. And I think, you know, when when we watched Trudeau call the truckers racists and Nazis, we kind of laughed at that because we were like, he's gone too far here. This is going to, like he's shot himself in the foot, but we we've literally seen that this week, and we're not talking about protesters at this point. We're talking about injured people that have no government assistance whatsoever. They don't even like the doctors are by and large telling them it's psychosomatic. If they're NHS doctors, they're telling them it's anxiety and it's all in your head, like serious heart conditions. It's so insane. So. I really don't know how long the politicians can keep going because if Mike Yeadon's numbers are to be believed, this is, like, this is like one of people. Forever. You they can keep going forever. Okay. They can keep going forever, Nick. I, I, it is my firm belief that they will go on forever if uh, if they're allowed to. The, these people will not stop. Mm. We've we've been this close. And the, 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 the whole... Th- charade has not finished yet as we as you well know we've been this close to just being in a situation that these people would be putting us in in special trains to take us somewhere else so the this is what we're dealing here we, we're not dealing with respectful people we're not de- trudeau is not a, a, a in my view he's not a human being you know he he is a a, a vessel of evil he's he's not he, he's not human as as we can we connect to another human being there there are no humane characteristics that he's showing us mm. and if, even though i'm not uh, uh um uh, keen on everything that uh, uh peterson says you know that jordan says but the other day he did say something that i i found very uh, uh intriguing in terms of trudeau which is the fact that Trudeau is, is uh, appears to be forever stuck in in the age of like fourteen, so he, he he's somehow he, he's he's stuck in a in a in a lower age than he should be at this point because these people these people are not behaving in and I don't know what kind of dirt they have on him what kind of uh, past uh, well we 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 do know a little bit of uh, what kind of past uh, Trudeau has. And again, it seems to be a, a there, there seems to be a connecting element in the past of uh, some of these people that uh, some of the things that they've done um, in behind closed doors, shall we say? But he, he is not uh, he's not one of us. And uh, New Zealand has another example of that. She uh, Arden, she she is not uh, a good representative of the human race. No, no, I agree with you that I don't think they will ever stop. And we saw the proof of that in we saw the proof of that when the countries were going at different rates. Right. When our lockdown is loosening while New Zealand goes completely crazy, we we get insight into just how far they're willing to push it. And therefore, they will do it there. But that's it's not quite my question, because I I appreciate that the evil guys are just going to carry on 
being evil like they're kind of they're, they're they're working from just one viewpoint there's no choice going on there anymore um it's more like if the numbers are to be believed if mike eden's numbers are to be believed that would be one in a thousand fatalities and one in a hundred maimed and each one of those people like wakes up an entire family i would presume by virtue of what's happened to them or at least a few people and um and yeah from what i've seen from the people that i've interviewed that are in this situation i mean they're you know this is them for life they're fighting this until they die um so that's the question. I've never seen a situation like this before where a government has produced so many people that are, are going to be fighting for justice for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. The harm they've, that they've created, the harm they're responsible for is actually working against them because a lot of people are, are in fact, were, um, waking up. But I, I, I would beg to differ in the sense of... Uh, are we really seeing uh, uh, waking up in the face of what's been happening to their uh, relatives? Because it it does seem to show the the, the what we uh, are able to 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 observe is that there are still a, there is still a, a, a big uh, um, a big problem in terms of connecting the dots of what's happened to a lot of people. There's a lot of families that you have the mother or the, the the father or the daughter or the uh, uncle that has been armed harmed by this uh, this uh, um, crime and yet the whole family is not rallying behind the, the that people no, i'm not saying that this is what's happening as a whole but there there is still a big uh, problem in terms of the acceptance of connecting those dots of this is what happened and that is the probable cause of what uh, will happen yeah yeah, I mean, I have to be an optimist with it because I, I think if I, if I dwell on the negative, maybe I'd like, maybe I'd give up. But um, you know, I'm just, just up. sorry to interrupt. Just to finish the point of uh, what, what what your question was, is that it, it is true. It is true that the, the bigger the harm, the harm, the the harmful uh, situation that they're putting us in the biggest, the awakening. And there, there's a, a big, big increase in the amount of people that I've spoken to that are questioning the whole vaccination program and the whole way of dealing with viruses and bacteria. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a hell of an awakening. I actually remember at one of um, my stand in the parks when, when that had sort of just started the first couple of months, there's one week where one guy texted the rest of the group and went, sorry, guys, I can't, I can't come this week. Ironically, I've got COVID. And the rest of the WhatsApp group, generally the women, right, they messaged all in a flurry saying, oh, my God, I've got ivermectin if you need it. Make sure you have your vitamin C and your, and your zinc or whatever. And this one older fella um, who's there with his wife, like uh, – then on the Sunday, everyone was talking about it. And he just gave me this puzzled look and he went, viruses aren't real, let alone COVID. <laughs> and I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? And I was introduced to this whole germ versus terrain thing, which now obviously the whole group is is clued up on. Um, 
but that's what I was talking about earlier. It's this eagerness to learn and this open-mindedness. You're like, okay, I've been lied to about that. What's the next lie? I just yeah. like I enjoy it. Yeah. I love and like really enjoying an iconic subscription at the moment. I just binged um Sean Stone's what's it called? The biggest secret, which is great. It's all yeah, all about um pedophilia rings and and such. But you want to learn about this stuff. And there, yeah, there's this weird army of us who are um who are really, really determined. What do you think the numbers are as a percentage of the of the population? Of those that are opposing. Of yeah, of of the of the hardcore, basically. I know it's going to be low, but it's still, you know, well into the tens of thousands. Are we in hundreds? We are in hundreds of thousands because we had hundreds of thousands on the streets. Yeah, that, I wouldn't be able to put a number on it, but the hundreds of thousands seem okay. Let's not forget that a lot of it is amplified by the whole social media thing and the uh, the Twitter world, and so it's easy to also get the feeling that uh, we're we're bigger than uh, than what it is. Or, but I I wouldn't be able to put a number on that. But it's no. certainly growing. Yeah, you can't you can't live in the metaverse. You got to go out and look and see right how we do it but i would say like i mean the unjabbed are just strutting around healthier is my observation and the jabbed like if if there's one observation they are not as cocky as they were a year or two ago because i mean it really did bring out some awful tendencies in people that's another bit that we need to not forget i love the people that archive you know the worst people that were on tv saying like yep. i don't yep. want you sitting next to me and all this stuff but um huge huge amounts of the population turned really really nasty didn't they and the, and this is the the scary uh, part in my view is that we we observed that it, this did not come out of nowhere you know we this was pulled out of the uh, out of people's uh, personalities very easily and we've observed people behave in a way that you would be even shocked that from from someone let, let alone a member of your family or a friend or a supposed friend but people were ready to to say incredibly awful things and i don't think they were just saying them without feeling there there was a lot of uh, parroting around there was a lot of uh, uh, i've heard, i've listened to this on on so and so show and now i'm just going to copy and and say this uh, as well but i didn't see that from the part of the people that were opposing the 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 injection program i i saw a lot of understanding and a lot of acceptance to the fact that you know what you you're 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 going to be harmed by by these things and on the other side i saw a lot of uh, you should uh, get this you should lose your job you should not be able to work you should be put away it doesn't matter like shomsky said it doesn't matter about your uh, ability to eat you know that's that's your problem we just put them away and you you take care of your uh, food we were this close, Nick, and and I think that that we're we're going to be that close again. 
you think it's coming down the line? I mean, you've reminded me of, yeah, one moment at one of the protests that I did film um, where I spotted a guy who was like pointing at us and he was going, you're going to die. You're all going to die. So I ran up to him with my phone and just went, you seem happy about that, mate. And and he went, no, I'm not happy. It's just that, you know, you've got a way out of this and you're not taking it. And he was happy. And I'm, I'm there going like, you're wishing death on us with a smile, mate. I don't do that to you. I absolutely don't do that to you. So, ooh, yeah, I mean, it was vicious. It was really vicious. And yeah, again, looking at the... They they really... They were celebrating. They were going like, well, I hope you get COVID and die. And yeah. now, you know, we see, yeah, the, these jab effects. Ooh, I'm not relishing that at all. And like, I don't... I do not care whether the people I speak to were COVID Nazis, to be honest, the the people that have been injured. I'm not interested in that. I haven't asked that. Um, but yeah, that ugh, dark tendencies in people. Uh, we're still seeing it, but I, I really believe that a lot, a lot of it was stemmed from the fear that was uh, created in their, in, in their, um, lives you know the 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 people behind all these uh, the the sage uh, people and all those uh social engineers that were behind this they know how to pull people's little uh you know they they, they know what to do in terms of manipulating the uh the, the personality and they've manipulated people's personality to the in, in a way that they became very very eager to belong to this group of people that were doing the right thing this people that were not only doing the right thing from themselves but for society as a whole so because those people were seeing other people as a enemy it was very very easy for them to put all the problems in that group of enemy and, and, and the enemy outside it's a bit like a you know that there's a madman outside with an axe and uh, but the problem is that the madman was amongst them and the, they're just been uh, manipulated and manipulated to the point that that they will they will if if the opportunity arises again they will do very bad things to us i have no uh, uh, no doubt whatsoever that that will be the case i have no doubt that they're intentions are as nefarious as can get but i would say the difference with where we are now is that we will never be as isolated as we were when it all kicked off because we suddenly like first of all you need to deduce what's going on if we think back to sort of was it march 2020 february um yeah first of all you got to deduce what's going on but then you got to find each other and it took a long time before like let's say ufp came together um it's still remarkably quick considering like the, what's actually going on but it still took time and no matter what they do again like we're all we're already in contact now we've already found each other so that's why i can't be super worried I don't think life is ever going to get as dark for at least for us as it was in 2020 when we were all driven into this isolated zone. Just because I am uh, pointing out these things, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a, a dark view of uh, what what's coming. It's just a, a realization that 
we're not dealing with uh, your mates uh, around the corner that could just play a trick or two on you and with consequences that are not not that important. We're, we're dealing with people that have a, a grasp on all kinds of uh, interactions that you have with other people. For example, we're now all talking about uh, Twitter and Twitter seems to be the place that right now allows for a little bit of more uh, uh, speech than you can find in other platforms. However, at any point, we are in contact, but they remove those uh, platforms and a lot of the work goes down just like that, mm. just like that. And we're back to, to all they have to do is just create some kind of, you know, cyber attack or anything like that, that just they, they've spoken about it. So it, it's not like uh, they will be talking about things that are not being studied by them. No, I mean, were you someone that was aware there was an agenda prior to COVID? Uh, yes, to a certain degree, uh, I was aware of a, a, a globalist, uh, eugenic uh, movement that uh, is uh, is behind the, the the curtains of the the, the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the key is that it didn't really click into focus until twenty twenty. You had all these issues that might have looked a bit separate, or people that had their own concerns, and then suddenly we're all in the same in the same place. But um, I've forgotten where I was going to go with that. <laughs> Sorry. Not a problem. You were talking about, we were talking about the fact that um, you're a very positive uh, person. So you have a feeling that this is not going to uh, happen. We're not going to No, that, that was it. It was that I was aware of various conspiracies prior to 2020, as were you. I've got that sense from you just because you, you, you seem to be you seemed to be ready when this all kicked off. And that's not someone who's like totally new to all of this. Um, but basically, but what 2020 did was if, if I thought there was a storm prior to that, then it came crashing in like a massive colossal tidal wave. And I think what you're basically hinting at is like, there could be a bigger one. Don't, don't, don't just think, Oh, it's like, it's going to be like a COVID, but a slightly milder wave. It could absolutely eclipse that, that previous one. So are you, are you thinking economically we're fucked? Cause it does look that way. Well, economically we're, we're fucked. It's not just my opinion. We're, we are economically uh, doomed as it is. It's every, everyone can see what's going on in terms of societal uh, changes and, and, problems i i think that we've created a divide in the world that, uh, that it was so easy they, they now have the data they've studied all this this wasn't done you know oops we actually almost managed but we didn't fair play have your freedom no they, they've they've had their petri dish right now and then they've studied everything right now to the point that they know the next one all they have to do is turn the heat up a little bit higher and a lot of people are going to start behaving in a very, very, very crazy way. Okay. I mean, I still, I think the only reason I'm holding this optimist position, and I'm going to check with you on this one, is I don't believe they did as well with their plans as they intended to. I think there's probably a stage two, a plan B, and it could well be loads, loads worse. And there is all this 
extra economic stuff. And also the jab rollout is finished and loads of, you know, loads of people are going to die. So it is, it is already a terrible situation. Um, no, no, you've doom pilled me. No, you've, you've, you've destroyed my optimism. Well done, Caesar. No, 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 no. The, 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 the interest of the matter is not to, to put you in a, in a worse situation than you are, right? It's just to be aware that we shouldn't uh, perceive the people that are attacking us in a way that uh, we shouldn't be overly uh, confident in our ability to fight the enemy. So they're, they're, they're going to pull. Don't forget that they have the means, the, the power to pull these things off so most of us we're, we're doing this we have our day jobs we're 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 using our free time to to engage in these activities they have their people just working 24 7 you know all their teams just working and analyzing and collecting data and and reading the patterns of behavior and and the behavior the human behavior is very easy to read mm. Mm. yeah the way that they've yeah, they've now mapped out who they can use as a prison guard and and who they can't really, really clearly, haven't they? They've got it on a database. Everyone's got a got a little number attached to it. And you see how easy it was for people to be in acceptance of things like uh, vaccine passports. You know, look look how how easy it was for a lot of countries to just go nope. You need this, you need a test, you need a vac the vaccine, you need this to conform to our standards so you can travel, you can work. They are getting to a point that again, it, it does sound it does sound a little bit doom scenario, but I, I'm not so sure that we should be celebrating because first of all, because all these people that were injected with this poison, uh, a big percentage of them are, if not already are condemned to uh, a, a lot of problems in the future and and it's unfortunate that we're now dealing with people that like you said they a lot of them wanted to do it for whatever reason it was but a lot of them did it for you know their their kids and some people to travel to see their kids whatever whatever reasons it was They've put themselves in a situation that now they're going to have to live with that, and I don't see the 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 respect and and the the attention and the care and the the effort put in, in all the areas of society towards these people. They've been maimed, and a lot of them are are going to be suffering in the future. And then when you said about the new uh, data, all this new data and the new. Uh, characters that have surfaced recently and they're talking now then it does seem like they're talking in a, in a in a safer environment than the one that we've encountered throughout these uh, years and there it doesn't seem that the concern is focused on on the victims of this because these people are victims of of a of a enormous crime yeah, exactly right. But that's why, like, I'm I'm pretty honoured to have been asked to help out this month. Um, and it's tough work. I'll say that it's not it's not exactly pleasant talking to so many people about what's happened. But it is is really important. And you know, like, whatever happens, I think this is what gets me through. I don't really expect any outcome or any other outcome. I don't really anticipate anything. But I do know that I've got 
a nice record of me trying to do the right thing. And so do you. Yeah. And it's one thing that I want to bring up is the fact that uh, whoever is not aware of your work and whoever does not know you um, is 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 only um, it is very easy to listen to and see some some of the uh, things that were written about you and some of the things that were said about you. And it's very easy for those people to just go with the mainstream approach that has tarnished your reputation in, in a certain way hopefully not bringing you down in terms of your motivation to do what you you've been doing but it's very easy to see that a lot of effort has been put to put you in a in a in a bad light and from what i've seen of your work you've been tirelessly working to to do something in 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 in, in the effort of helping those people that have been maimed by this uh this massive crime well it's what we've got to do isn't it so um yeah, thank you for joining me today, man. I knew this would be I knew this would be a pleasure. And um am I seeing you in London? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Cheers for talking to me today, dude. Thank you.